What is up, everybody? This is the All In Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are back after an extended weekend, took a couple days there uh, to regroup. There's a lot going on right now. Uh, we are not going to talk any election, <laughs> any politics. Um, if you want us here, if you want to hear us talk politics, go to our last episode uh, where we teamed up with All In Politics to do some presidential election uh, prediction stuff, um, yes. or go to their feed. They got good stuff. Uh, but we are not talking about that. We are talking NFL and a little bit of NBA. Um, but first, um, I am one of the co-hosts, Mike Badzik, joined by my guy, Eli Cooper. What is up, man? Not much, man. How you doing? First, um, I am one of the co-hosts, Mike Badzik. Um, happy to be back. Happy to be back. Um, happy to have football to talk about. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the football that we saw on Sunday. One of the games made me very, very happy. Uh, and, and I'm sure you had a good weekend too with your team. Um, so, <laughs> if, if that's how you want to put it, sure. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about it. Uh, we do want to remind you guys uh, the presenting sponsor of the All In podcast is mybookie.ag. Um, go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code All In Pod when you deposit. So you get a 100% sign up bonus up to $1,000. Um, make sure you go there. Use the promo code to, one, get the bonus, and two, let them know that we sent you. Um, so go to mybookie.ag. They got a lot of action, not only on sports, football, um, and and everything else. They also have a lot of political action. You can go on there and bet on some politics if you're feeling confident in who you think is going to pull this thing out. It's not over yet, uh, it appears. So you can still get some action on that. Yeah. And 2024. And 2024, so some futures bets. We were we were talking futures today in our all in politics group message. I don't have the questions yeah. for it, but uh, <laughs> if you do and you want to try a long term investment idea, there you go. You can bet on who you think the nominees will be in 2024. So, all right, let's start today in NBA. Uh, there was a report on ESPN, uh, kind of been circling NBA talk for a couple couple days now. Really, is when is this next season going to start? Um, and it looks like they're circling in on 12-22, so December 22nd, so a little bit before that Christmas start date that we had previously discussed. Um, looks like they're going to agree to this maybe next week between the players. Uh, there is some you know, contract stuff, trying to figure out you know, how to get enough rest for guys and also um, how to get enough games in for these regional um, TV networks. Uh, so, yeah. so what are you thinking about this possible agreement and this possible start date? Um, it's a it's a pretty quick turnaround, but not too much different than um, what we're used to seeing. About four ish months um, for some teams, and a little under four for Miami and, and LA. But yeah. um, overall, you know, it's it's good to see them finally come to an agreement. Some of the players wanted to maybe push it to January, um, but there were some revenue concerns. I think they were talking about like a billion. Uh, or something like that in in revenue lost, which 
after what they just lost in the pandemic would have been pretty costly. So um, it's good to see them come to a resolution and a 72 game schedule um, was a little surprising to me, given that they're starting all the way in December. Um, so it seems we're going to have a lot of basketball in that, um, you know, time period from December through, I guess, June and July. Uh, so that's as a fan, a, a, a plus. Um, and if the players are going to agree with it, obviously they're, um, they've either accepted it or they're okay with it. Right. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how, um, that plays out, but it's, it's just good to see, um, that there's organization things getting done. The draft mm-hmm. has finally officially been set for November 17th. Stay tuned. Mock yes. draft 2.0 coming soon. Um, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, it's um, it's promising, I should say. Yeah, it's definitely promising, and yeah, it was a little bit of a back and forth thing. But when you think about it, kind of like you mentioned, it's not too much uh, quicker turnaround than what we normally see for these guys. Um, you know, the players came back and said, "Oh, well, let's do a fifty-game season," and the owners were like, "That's not going to work," uh, right. because you know they're already losing so much money because of this arenas. Right? They're not going to be able to. It looks like. They're not going to be able to have fans in the arenas for this probably whole season. So I think the idea is probably uh, no fans this season. We'll come back the next year and try to make up all this money we lost. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, so and one of the you know big ways that they're going to be able to at least make some money is through the TV deals, right? Really, the only way. If you're not getting any arena um, revenue, Brian Windhorst broke it down really, really pretty simply um, how the revenue is split. And it's basically, you know, close to half TV revenue and close to half arena revenue, a little bit less than half arena revenue. So if you can keep the TV revenue, you can at least keep it afloat. Right. Uh, and, and in order to do that, you have to have, I think it's at least 70 games to get the regional uh, TV money. We had talked about that before, I know, um, when they were talking about coming back and how many games they were going to play before the playoffs. One of the things we talked about was making sure they get to 70 games. So they get the regional TV money. It's the same kind of concept here. They got to make sure they get to that many games so they get that money. The players also take a hit here, right? So the players look at this like their contracts, and we kind of think of their contracts as, oh, he signed for four years, 115. Well, like it's more so a percent of the salary cap. And if the salary cap is, you know, directly dependent on revenues, well, like those numbers are going to go down. So you might have guys who were making 8 million who are going to make 3 million this year. Like yeah. guys who are making 25 million are going to end up with closer to like 10 or 15 million. Like the impact is felt. So I think these guys are also uh, motiv- motivated to get a deal done and to actually play the games too. Cause it's money coming out of their pockets as well as the owners. And that's, and that's kind of a nice thing, right? That's kind of what we want in, in the NBA. We kind of want the, uh, the players to have a ownership stake in revenues. We're like, if you're not going to own the team, the be- the next best way to do that would be to share the revenue. That's what they do. It's a 50-50 split. Um, yeah. so, so for them, it makes sense to come back and try to play at least 70 games to try to keep that money up. And then you probably look at the next season and you say, all right, let's get into full swing. Uh, now, I know that probably there's still going to be some pushback. I think I saw LeBron was not super happy yeah. about – turning it around so quick uh, but the other thing is too you really want to get it in before the olympics um next year mm-hmm. right so so if we were looking at the december start and we want to do a 72 game season which is probably what's going to be a 72 game season and then they want to end by end of june early july at the latest well like we're probably going to have to cut out the all-star break 
Um, we're probably going to have to increase the number of back-to-backs, which is uh, not good for players. Probably going to see more load management this year. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, the other thing I wonder about is, okay, well, what are ways you can make up the, the revenue? Well, like, I think the most obvious way is to expand that play-in tournament. Because yeah. uh, that was a huge success, right? And that's kind of like easy TV money deal, right? That's like, if you if, if think about just how popular that one, there, those two games were, or that one game was, and yeah. then the games leading up to it for the eight and nine seeds. Well, like, if you expanded that out to like six through 11 or even seven through 10, and you said those are three game series, well, like, all right, well, if you do that, that's two or three series, a conference of three game series. Like, you just made up nine to 15 games. Um, and you could package that off to for for ten million dollars to ESPN. Like, it's yeah. it, they can think of ways to make up the revenue. So I'm glad that they're going to do something. Right. Um, and and it's pretty cool for us. I mean, this kind of one of the uh, you know unintended benefits of the world we're living in today is a shortened off season. We don't have to wait as long for basketball. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So all right, that'd be cool. We're looking forward to that. And yeah, we are looking forward to doing mock draft 2.0. Uh, so get at our guy Taylor on Twitter. Make sure uh, tell him to get his, uh, his his mock draft ready. We're going to be doing that soon. Yeah. Um, let's transition to NFL. Then uh, we saw a pretty good weekend football week eight. Yeah. We are going to start with the best team in the NFL, the last <laughs> undefeated team in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Ravens on the road. Uh, they stay undefeated. What were you thinking watching this game? So um, this was actually one of the few games that I actually watched in full while it was on. I'm, I'm typically a, an NFL red zone guy mm-hmm. um, because I like to see uh, the few, I mean, the, the many fantasy players that I have uh, get in the end zone. So, <laughs> um, but this one um, I felt I had to watch and it was worth every second yeah. uh, that I missed watching my other fantasy players because it was a good game. Um, it was, um, your typical, you know, Steelers versus Ravens. I thought, um, obviously, the Ravens ran the ball really well um, against against the Steelers, which is surprising given how good their front seven is. That's the stronger point of their defense. Okay. Uh, but it looked like without Mark Ingram in the way, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards both looked better, mm-hmm. you know, and were able to get into a rhythm, especially Dobbins. Um, so, you know maybe that's something for the Ravens to consider. Uh, but offensively, I thought the Steelers did a good job moving the ball uh, against a, a tough Ravens defense as well. So it was kind of both ways. It wasn't like a low scoring, boring kind of game. It was, it was exciting. It came down to, um, you know, Lamar Jackson in the red zone. He had a tough fumble late trying to get a, a what fourth down conversion mm-hmm. um, to, to give them a chance and, and fumbles in the Steelers hold on to win. Um but to me, uh, I think this game, although it was a close win, I think they, they absolutely proved that they're the better team here, um, which maybe was up for a debate amongst some. Yeah. Um, but and, and it also exposed a, a lot of the flaws that Lamar Jackson has. Oh, yes. Um, and not only, in, not only in this game, um, he has struggled throughout the year. But the the two games where he struggled the most were their two losses, were the Chiefs and uh, here against the Steelers, I thought were his two worst games of the season. Um, and it just it seems like and and granted, I, I hate to put this tag on a on a third year quarterback uh, and someone who I actually like, 
but it just seems like against the most elite of elite teams, mm-hmm. he cannot get the job done. Um, and it's because he can't throw the ball outside the numbers. Like Hollywood, uh, who is visibly frustrated on yeah. social media, is not seeing you know enough volume. He's not seeing enough targets. And he's really your only outside receiver and, and deep threat that you have. He's not really getting the looks. Um, and it's, you know, maybe it's because they don't have very good receivers on the outside. I don't know. But it just doesn't seem like if you can take away the seam throws mm-hmm. and you can kind of load up the box um, and, and contain him on the ground, even though he had a decent rushing game. But, like, you don't let him destroy you on the ground um, and you make him throw it outside the numbers, you can have success against the Ravens offense. Um, and I think more and more teams are starting to figure that out. And that's why you're seeing him struggle this year. Um, I guess Tennessee kind of exposed that in the playoffs last year. So, um, you know, this team is only going to go as far as he takes them at the end of the day. Like they're always going to beat the teams that they're better than, um, uh, you know, those, those for, in those cases, it's the teams that are as good or better than them. Can he get the wins? And, uh, history has shown that he cannot. Yeah. History has definitely shown that. And, you know, there are, you know, Coop, I don't come on here and toot my own horn much. When I'm right about this. <laughs> but I have been extremely right about Lamar Jackson uh, since really last season when I picked the Titans to beat them in the playoffs. Like, the man cannot throw downfield or outside the numbers at all. Um, it, it's incredibly exposing. When you look at this game, right, if we watch this game and, and we only watched, you know, we watched every play uh, besides the ones where he threw the ball you would think that the Ravens kicked the crap out of the Steelers. It was not yep. even really close. Like, they ran for over 250 yards. Like, the defense played a lot better than the Steelers' defense, really, in the first half especially. That mm-hmm. game, you know, Lamar throws the pick six on the first drive of the game. If he doesn't do that, uh, it's at least 17 nothing, maybe more. Like, Steelers' offense wasn't doing much in the first half. And then, you know, something clicked. Uh, they spread it out. They, they, they were doing that. The, the empty sets a lot. Um, and, and Ben was just carving up that secondary and watching it, right? We kind of were watching it, and you watch Ben, who's just going empty set and throwing it down the field and, and really doing whatever he wants and pretty much running the offense. And then you watch Lamar Jackson, and you're like, he's never going to be that guy. He's just never going to be that guy. And I think you know one of the things that I always talk about, um, and I talk about it with Lamar Jackson, and I talk about it with Josh Allen, you know, the guy I want in the playoffs is the guy who can make the throw. Yeah, um, there are few quarterbacks in the league, starting quarterbacks in the league, that I trust less than Lamar Jackson to make the throw needed, right? And we saw this time and time again. Um, this this game, we saw it against the Chiefs. Like, yeah, like, and, and every team is looking at it, and every team knows this, right? Every team understands that he can't throw that well, um, and, and that they're going to beat you running the ball. And a lot of teams can't stop it anyway, right? A lot of teams like they just can't stop it. Uh, the run because they're just not good enough. And then what they do is they totally sell out to try to stop it. And then Lamar can pick his spots because it's just so much easier. But when you play really good teams who it isn't just like, you know, they have to totally sell out. And the Steelers were not doing that. The Steelers were not totally selling out. And that's why they gave up 250 yards rushing uh, because I think they looked at it and said, yeah, like we'll give up 250 yards rushing. Like, that's fine. Lamar Jackson, at some point, you're going to have to beat us with your arm. Like, at some point, especially if Ben is moving down the field like he did in the second half. I think they kind of knew that and said, go ahead. 
run it. Like even we saw the drive that ended up with the fourth and four that, you know, Lamar Jackson does a QB draw and like everyone in the world knows that he's going to do a QB draw, right? I don't right. think anyone was watching it. It's like, oh yeah, he's going to try to throw for this. Like, no, like, you know, he's going to try to run for it. The Ravens knew that you know, that's what they want him to do because the man can't throw. But even the drive leading up to that, they ran every single play until those three downs uh, before they got to fourth down. Every single play, they did not try to throw it once. And we're talking about five minutes left, four minutes left in the game, uh, and you're losing, and you refuse to throw it even once. And, you know, albeit they're running for six yards a pop, but at some point you have to be able to trust your guy a little bit to throw the ball. The Ravens don't do that. They understand his limitations. Or so we thought, looking at this season, it looks like they, you know, they wanted to try to dial it up this year. They wanted to say, okay, let's, you know, Lamar Jackson, everybody knows he's really good at running ball. We think he's a really good passer too. Let's try to give him more opportunities in the passing game. And we're seeing with his play this year and with the dip in his numbers, he's not that guy. I'm not saying he's not a serviceable quarterback. Of course he is. He's going to win a lot of games because of what I mentioned with the running, and then it becomes easier to pick your spots. Like, you know, if he's your starting quarterback, you're pretty much booked for 11 or 12 wins a year. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, depending on the offensive line you have and the, and the other uh, running backs you have. Right. But, like, in these big games against the best teams, he's just not a guy I want. He's not a top 10. He's not a top 15. He's not even really a top 20 guy. I want in these type of games. Uh, so that's, you know, now, now talk about the Steelers, big Ben, uh, who, who, who did not play good the week before, uh, even though they won, he, uh, you know, was carving them up in the second half In the fourth quarter, he was carving them up. Um, right. and, and I think, I think he deserves a lot of respect. So that'd be my take on that game. Yeah. I thought Ben played really well. I think yeah. he's been like really efficient this year. Yeah. Um, if anything, like, other than uh, the Tennessee game, uh, yeah. he only has four picks on the year, and three of them were in that game, in that right. second half. So, like, besides that, he's basically just kind of gotten the ball to his playmakers and let them do their thing. Yep. Um, you know, kind of – and I wouldn't – I don't want to say he's game managing, but to an extent he is. Uh, yeah, he's the best he's, game manager in the league, though. Yeah, right, right. To that, yeah, it's kind of like he's he's the best game manager in the league, um, and he's, he's also able to make – the throw like mm-hmm. he been been can still do that even though uh you know he's 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 getting up there in age not quite as mobile as he used to be yeah. but he absolutely can still beat you from the pocket and he did it on on sunday so yep. uh, Steelers sitting at seven and zero. uh and my latest power rankings came out uh yesterday morning mm-hmm. uh, so you can go check those out i did have them at number one after you know their win they they narrowly yes. edged the chiefs i came up with a new algorithm though for oh, determining, I saw that. I like yeah, that. For, uh, I'm not going to give away the secret sauce, but um, they it's it's a good measure of how truly elite teams are. Now, it doesn't completely dismiss the eye test, but uh, it gives a little bit better measure. So make sure you guys check that out on allinnetwork.net um, to see where your team came in the rankings. Uh, my team did not do so. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked the new algorithm. I checked it out on allinnetwork.net. Uh, it's kind of surprising. Some of the teams um, you wouldn't – but I think it is a more true measure. And even looking at uh, how your rankings changed from the previous week where you weren't using that method, a yeah. lot of the rankings like, oh, that makes a little bit more sense. So, uh, yeah, check that out for sure, all on network.net. Uh, well, let's talk about your team then. They won on Sunday night against the rival Cowboys and the great 
uh, Ben DiNucci. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this two part, two part question. Are they a lock for the NFC East at this point? And how are you feeling about your boy Carson Wentz? He's, he's getting a lot of shit in the media. Yeah. So um, this, this question is twofold. I think the, the answer to the first one is um, they're a lock, but you can pick it. Does that make sense? Yes. They're a lock, but you can pick it. Um, because I do think Washington um, is mm. almost not, is almost not as bad as they need to be for us to be a full on a full on lock. So, like, I think we I think Washington could still win the division. Yeah. Um, if Kyle Allen were to play better or something like something like that, I don't know. I think their defense is at least good enough. Um, but I think we might win it by default. Um, and it kind of goes hand in hand with how badly Carson Wentz is playing. Mm. Um, and it's, he's probably the most frustrating player to watch in football. Like even as a neutral yeah. fan and you watch Carson Wentz and you're just like, for like the first, like two and a half quarters of most games, you're like, what in the world is this guy doing? Why is he holding the ball so long? Yeah. Um, and, and then in some games and in the, in the, in the games that we've won, he's come up big down the stretch. Uh, that wasn't the case on, on Sunday night. Um, he, the defense actually kind of bailed him out with that. I think it was a fumble six, uh, you know, that we had that kind of sealed it for sealed us. It, made yeah. cover. So, but he, at no point in this game, did he kind of like pick it up and you're like, finally, like Carson Wentz looks good. He had like one drive where you're like, all right, well, thank you for not playing like a scrub. And uh, the regression of Carson Wentz has, um, has just, it's been frustrating to watch. Yeah. Uh, if if we're being honest, as a, as an Eagles fan, and um, you know, usually we can kind of like point to certain things. Like even last year, I thought he got a little more disrespect than he probably should have because uh, given the tools that he had, like Greg Ward was his best receiver. But like this year, I don't think there's really any excuses. I, I granted the yeah. offensive line is is this is in disarray, but like, so is everyone else's, you know? So it's like, I don't know that I can really write that off for him. I, I see other quarterbacks still getting it done with lesser offensive lines um, than what we have, even with the injuries. Uh, everyone has injuries at receivers. And the fact that we have someone like Travis Fulgham playing as well as he is like, I, I don't, again, I don't, I don't think that's a pass for you. You got Dallas Goddard back yet. Zach Ertz for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even though you haven't been able to get him the ball. Um, so I, in this year, I just, I can't figure it out. And I don't know if it's the play calling. I don't know if it's the offensive line, like I said, or what it is, but he just, he, he's become a turnover machine, which he typically hasn't been. Um, but he, he certainly holds the ball too long. Yeah. Um, and, and that is actually what's leading to the turnovers. The fumbles and the picks um, are, are a result of him holding on to the ball too long. And I think it might be time to actually explore Jalen Hurts. Oh, and, and granted, like it's, it's crazy to say that while we're leading the division, but my fear is if we don't make the change soon, uh, we allow Washington to gain ground on us. And then we might lose the division that's in our hands by default. (laughs) That's crazy. And the reason I call, I'm also calling for Hurts is, or not calling for Hurts. I don't know that I'm quite there yet. Uh, I thought at one point in the Cowboys game, they should have thought about it. But the main reason is because you would simplify the playbook, I would assume, right? For mm-hmm. for someone like Jalen Hurts coming in a rookie, shorter passes, quicker, uh, like quicker pass plays that get the ball out of his hands, maybe more screens to your running backs, like yeah. things to get the ball out quicker. And 
if the offensive line's the issue, I want the most mobile person back there. That's Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts can get out on the run and make plays with his legs better than Carson Wentz, who who's he's ran the ball and extended plays well, but he does it almost too much. Yeah. So, but if I if someone should be running for their life back there, it should be Jalen Hurts. Uh, now, I don't know that Doug Peterson is ever going to do that. So maybe I'm grasping at straws here, and especially since he's a hundred million dollar quarterback, mm-hmm. which every quarterback that's a starter right now is practically a hundred. Yeah. But um, you know, I don't know that you can really do that given you know how much you're paying him. Yeah. You don't often see that. But it's just at what point do we kind of say? Carson might be holding us back from how good we actually can be. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I I don't see how you can bench him right now, though, because you are in first place and because you're yeah. putting this all this money. It's like it's almost impossible. But if you did, if they did, if Doug Peterson said I'm benching Carson Wentz this week, I don't know how many people would really be like, well, you know. That That's makes no sense. Right, right. It makes no sense. Like it definitely makes some sense to, <laughs> right. to think about it, right? Like just watching him play, like and and the thing, yeah, like holding on to the ball, like the one where he rolled out left and he's just holding it and holding it and holding it. And there was no they showed the, the camera from behind him, there was nobody downfield in front of him. <laughs> like just throw it out of bounds, dude. And he didn't, and he took the hit and he got sacked and fumbled. Right. Um yeah, like the Eagles are bad. I do think they're going to win the division. Um, and as much as, you know, you're right about Washington, we just don't know about Washington really. I think um, the the defense is looks actually pretty good. The quarterback yeah. play is the question mark, like with the Kyle Allen thing. You know, there was a time last year in Carolina where Kyle Allen was, I think, 4-0. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's that good. But, you know, if, if he's game manager and, and isn't turning the ball over like Carson Wentz, They've already beaten the Eagles once this year. Like, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that they could beat the Eagles again and win this division. Uh, the Eagles are definitely the favorite. Um, I would say that I would keep Wentz in there, though. You just, you know, and the thing is, too, like, you're in first place right now. If you put in Jalen Hurts, like, you could potentially um, – it could be bad, right? Like, we, you know, it could be good. It could be better than Wentz, but it could be really bad. He was a second-round pick. Like, he's not – it's not like this is a top-five guy or this is a sure-thing backup uh, or even an experienced backup. Like, this is a second-round rookie. So, right. I, I don't know that it would be a definite, you know, he's going to come in and make them better. He might, though. You know, maybe it's worth the risk because you look at it and you say, well, if you put him in uh, and, and we lose a game, well, you know, the rest of our division is going to lose a ton of games anyway. So, if we end up 6 eight and one or six, nine and one instead of seven, eight and one, we probably win the division anyway, which is insane that that's even words coming out of my mouth uh, (laughs) with that record. But if you're looking at it like that, you're like, yeah, we can probably afford to lose a game because of the teams chasing us. Uh, Let's throw them in and see if it's any better. So maybe it's worth a shot. Maybe you're right. I I probably would hang on to Wentz for right now though. Yeah. Plus like, it would be difficult to go back to Wentz if you bench him. So like if you, if you do, and also, to even like entertain the possibility of him being your starter next year would be hard after you bench him. So yeah. you also have to be prepared to like move on from him permanently, uh, especially if went, I mean, especially if Hertz, you know, actually plays well and holds on to the job. Yep. I don't know how many people are taking that contract. So that's also another thing that you have to factor in. <sighs> it's so almost impossible, right? 
Right, especially after you bench him. So it's just it's uh it's just an awful situation to be in. To be How about it? Philly sports, awful situations. Yeah, uh, but you got Daryl Morey though, so it might be maybe he'll fix things. Maybe. Oh man, I, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's transition to a Week Nine preview. Uh, let's start with the Thursday night game tonight. We have Packers Niners. Nick Mullins starting at quarterback for the Niners. Uh, do they have a chance? Um, weirdly they do. They do. Weirdly they do. Yeah. They do. Um, and it's, it's, and now granted, uh, they have a ton of injuries yeah. on top of the COVID cases, um, that they've had this week, which uh, I want us to touch on that, why this game is still being played tonight. But regardless of all the people who are sitting out, not only because of positive tests, but also close contact. So you don't think like it should that. be being played? Well, I'm just like, of all the games that you rescheduled this year, is this not the one? Like well, the, right, and it's on Thursday. Like, why can't even if it's right. on Sunday? Like, just make it a normal game. Like, right, and I'm just like, I don't think anyone's going to be mad about. Well, I think at this point, though, like, how many? Like, we saw this week, like, a handful of teams have COVID statements or or, or some kind of. But like, at the, honestly, I feel like at the NFL at this point, it's like, well, fuck it. Exactly what they're doing. Like, there's, I, I get a notification on my phone every day that a player tested positive. This team closed their facility for today. They put other players they on the still play. The Raiders' entire offensive line went home, and they still played. Yeah, they're just like, if you test positive every day up until Sunday, you can play. And it's just like, all right. Well, yeah, it's just like Joe Biden, people. <laughs> right. It's just like, listen, uh, we're not going to do anything about it, uh, you know, but but we'll be transparent about how many people are sick. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting to see how that's playing out. Uh, yeah, very conservative, uh, the way very. that's being handled. But yeah, so uh, back to the game. Yeah. Yes, um, they are. They do have a chance tonight um, because, uh, regardless of who's playing, their offense functions like almost the exact same way. Like they they play through the running backs, and they seem to have endless amounts of good running backs, like the. Undrafted free agent Michael Hasty mm-hmm. is is also good, and it's really mostly the scheme. I think at this point, like you could almost throw any running back back there, and they would average four or five yards a carry <laughs> and get in the end zone. Um, and because they're and they also have a good offensive line, which has not uh, been, been decimated by injuries until Trent Williams did just recently get hurt. But other than that, it's mostly intact. Um, so that's been a plus for them, and. The Packers' defense is really bad against the run. Um, Dalvin Cook just completely lit them up uh, mm-hmm. last Sunday, and it's their biggest flaw. And with Aaron Jones' status in doubt on the other end and Jamal Williams being completely out because of being a close contact um, for someone who who tested positive, they're going deep into their running back bag, and I don't think they quite have the depth that the Niners do. Yeah. Um, so to me, that matters. Um, and also they're heavily reliant in their passing game on Devontae Adams. Like yeah. they really don't have other people other than Tanya occasionally um, will, will step up and be a playmaker for them. But uh, they're heavily reliant on Devontae Adams, especially when they don't have Aaron Jones and, and they don't even have Jamal Williams. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, I would, I am still going to pick the Packers. I'm going to take the Packers in this game, but I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Uh, if this Niners team was able to pull off an upset tonight. I, I probably would be surprised, and here's why. I agree with everything you just said, um, and, and I agree with our guy, Sean, that Green Bay's defense is Swiss cheese. Uh, very, very funny from our friend, Sean. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing about the Packers. 
and here's the thing specifically about Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's got, like, an attitude problem in a good way uh, where he looks at a game and, and he's like, you know, and this is what all the best players ever in any sport do. Like, they internalized motivations, right? Yep. LeBron internalizes motivation. Jordan would pretend things happen. You know, he pretended that uh, Jerry Sloan or was uh, George Carl didn't say hi to him at dinner and made up a story in his own head so that he had motivation. Well, like, yeah. great. The great players, like they internalize things that happened. Uh, in this case, uh, the Niners kicked the crap out of the Packers in the playoffs. Um, what you know, embarrassed them really. Like made us feel like the Packers shouldn't even be there last year. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Aaron Rodgers internalizes that. And I think, you know, when you have him and you're like, you know, these people, this is, they're disrespecting you for whatever reason. He has a way of flipping a switch. He also has a way of flipping a switch after a loss. We've seen that time and time again, including this season. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the Packers are probably going to win tonight and they might win pretty handily because of the Aaron Rodgers factor of, you know, you guys disrespected me. Let me show you who I am. He likes to do that kind of a thing. Um, but but I agree with what you're saying. Like, if those things weren't there and we're looking at it, yeah, the Packers, you know, I, I, I'm I not looking at the Packers anymore as one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm not looking at them as a Super Bowl contender anymore uh, because they have floppability, right? They have big floppability, right? They, yeah, yeah. They're, they're liable to flop in any game they could lose to anybody because we just don't know who's going to show up and when, but yeah. in a situation like this, where I'm pretty sure Rogers is going to show up because of the things I mentioned, I would take them to, I'd take them to win by um, a touchdown at least. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one is um, Rams Colts. Oh, I'm sorry. Ravens Colts. Excuse me. Uh, Ravens coming off the loss like we talked about at the Colts, who have looked pretty good uh, past couple of weeks. They're sneakily here. Uh, the Colts are six and two. So Ravens at Colts, who do you like? Um, I, I'm going to take the Ravens here, um, although I think this is going to be a close one. Mm. Uh, I think the Colts defense is is very good, yeah. um, and I think that could pose problems for this Ravens offense this week. Um, but uh, vice versa. The Ravens defense is very good, um, and I don't at all trust Philip yep. Rivers to beat that defense. So um, I think it's quite low scoring, not like super low scoring, um, but I think the Ravens offense will be good enough uh, in this one to get them the win. Um, I would take – I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. I'll say 27-21. Okay. Um, I think I agree with what you're saying there, and if you're asking me – you know, before I'm like where I'm like, you know, there's probably, um, you know, few quarterbacks I trust less than Lamar Jackson. Philip Rivers might be one of them uh, because he's got serious noodle action, noodle arm action going on uh, with yeah. him where he can't really throw the ball. But I think that Colts defense is like serious. Um, yeah. And I think Frank Reich is a really good coach. And I think you might be thinking as an Eagles fan that, Maybe some of that Super Bowl magic would had more to do with him than Doug Peterson. I miss Frank uh, Reich so much. I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to take the Colts here. I think I'm going to take the Colts. I think it will be close uh, and relatively low scoring. I'll go 24-21. Uh, um, okay, so then next one we'll talk about is Seahawks at Bills. Bills have not looked good the, really the last four weeks. Josh Allen has not looked good really the last four weeks. Uh, and they got Russell Wilson coming to town. What do you think? 
Um, yeah, I think they take an L this week. Um, and uh, like you said, he, Josh Allen has been uh, bad, especially compared to how well he was playing early in the season. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think this is kind of, especially you, uh, but this is kind of what we expected. Um, it was oh, there, yeah. there was, right, that there would be regression um, after him lighting up the Jets and the Dolphins early on in the season um, and, and putting up ridiculous numbers against those teams. Um, and he didn't even light the Jets up again the second time. Like, he was he was bad. Bad, yeah. Um, so we're, we're back to bad Josh Allen now. And, and all is right with the world. Yeah, and they don't even really have a running game, which um, is surprising given – that was previously a strength of theirs and something that yeah. they kind of played off. And I think that might be what's hurting them um, is that they can't set up their play action as well because they're yeah. not running the ball as well. Um, Devin Singletary has been a disappointment. Zach Moss has been in and out. And even when he's played, he hasn't been great. Um, so uh, maybe it's the offensive line, but um, you know, they, they seem to struggle to move the football. And even in a game where you're like, uh, given that the Seahawks secondary is so bad, you're like, you know, this is the, the matchup, one of the matchups to get it right. But like, you would have said the same thing about the Jets yeah. the last uh, a couple of weeks ago. Even I mean, even the Patriots, the Patriots, like Gilmore did not play. Like, the yeah, Patriots are missing a ton of dudes on defense. Exactly. So it's just like those were two games really in the last two weeks where you're kind of like, all right, well, here's their chance to get back on track, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um. So and and given that you're going, your defense has regressed from last year. Um going against the MVP front runner who's playing out of his mind. Uh, it does not bode well for the bills. I think this one actually could get pretty ugly. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I th- I'm going to take the Seahawks 34 bills, 17. Wow. Yeah. I think I read everything you're saying and the bills defense has actually not been that spectacular this year. Like not like we expected anyway. Uh, right. And the Josh Allen thing is real. Like the last four weeks have been bad. Uh, we should have predicted that some of us did like he, he can't th- the man can't throw like what do we expect from guys like you can only do the running around thing for so many weeks because defensive coordinators in the NFL are very good especially at scheming to stop running quarterbacks uh, not so good at, uh, at stopping passing quarterbacks because if you can make the throws that's hard to stop um, yeah but but um, I, I think I'll go to Seahawks too now, typically, I would look at this matchup and say, well, Seahawks traveling uh, to Buffalo, like, you know, if it's cold weather, it'll be close. Like, I could see this game kind of either going either way. I could even see a Bills win just because of that factor. Uh, but I think it's going to be pretty nice in Buffalo this weekend. I'm hearing uh, low 70s even, maybe high 60s in sunny in Buffalo on Sunday. So I think uh, Russell Wilson and that offense will be fine. I think the Seahawks I think the Seahawks win by uh, quite, quite a bit as well. I'd, I'd go – uh, 28 to 19. Sean, if you're listening, give us a, uh, update on the weather out there in Buffalo this week. Yeah. Let, let us know. Man. Let us know. <laughs> so, uh, the last game we'll talk about, um, extensively is the Sunday night game saints versus bucks. This is a big game. Uh, yeah. these teams fighting for first place in the NFC South saints have not looked really good recently, but they keep on winning. Uh, so I guess that matters for something. Uh, bucks did not look good Monday night either. They won the game. So that matters for something. Where do we see this one going Sunday night? Um, so the battle of the two oldest quarterbacks ever yeah. uh, is actually going to be pretty interesting. Uh, battle for the for the top of the NFC South race. 
Uh, Bucks have looked, they didn't look good Monday night, but before that, they had seemed to be hitting a stride. Yeah. Uh, we will get our first taste of Antonio Brown in this offense. How about that? Um, Arians isn't quite sure, um, you know, how much he's going to play. Um, so, you know, we'll see um, how that works out. But I'm going to take the Bucks here. Um, I think they have the stronger of the two defenses. Um, and granted, Michael Thomas is back. Yeah. But uh, one of the young corners that they have did a very good job on Michael Thomas in week one, which is the last time he was fully healthy. Mm-hmm. We don't really know how healthy he is coming into this one. Um, you know, he's, he's you know, this will be his first game back since then. Um, again, and in a tough matchup. So, um, and, and again, my concerns about Drew Brees are all still there. Yeah. Uh, as far as his ability to push the ball down the field. Um, and against a, a tough defense like this, um, where they're a little bit predictable because they rely so heavily on Kamara in both the run and pass game. Um, I think I think they're good enough to get it done. I think the Bucks offense is also good enough to get it done. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bucks here. I'm going to go 31-27 Bucks. Okay, so it sounds like it's going to be a good game. You mentioned the oldest quarterbacks ever. Can I just say, like, CBS, Fox, NBC – ESPN, stop telling us that they keep breaking their own touchdown records. <laughs> we don't care. They break it every week against each other. It's like, oh, Drew Brees plays at 1 o'clock. Oh, he broke the touchdown record. Tom Brady plays at 4 o'clock. Oh, he broke the touchdown. I get an ESPN alert. Breaking news. Tom Brady breaks. No shit. Of course he broke the touchdown record. <laughs> they break it every game. Like They're just going back and forth. Like Let's just wait till it's over. Right. And then we'll do it that way. So, yeah, that's that's my first beef. I just wanted to say I just need to get it off my chest. Okay, 100%. Um, I th- I think the Bucks win this game. I think you know, as far as both of them looking bad, you know, Brady and Breeze. I, Brady's looked actually a lot better than Breeze. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I and I think that um, the Bucks defense is really good, really good. Uh, and, and, you know, you talk about the Saints and like they have not looked that good this year, even in games they've won. And I think yeah, like. They have Drew Brees and they have Alvin Kamara and they have Sean Payton. So like they're gonna win close games, which is what they've done so far. Um, but but on the road at Tampa Bay with that Bucks defense, I think the Bucks win. I think they they're they show that they are right now the better team. So I will go 31-23. Um, I'll take Tampa. So all right, let's do kind of rapid fire NFL picks for all the games we didn't talk about. Um, we're going to pick them straight up. I'm going to throw in my pick against the spread. I'm just going to throw it in with the pick. And if I do really well, we'll talk about it next week. If I do bad, <laughs> if I do bad we won't bring it up. If I do bad, we won't bring it up, okay? So uh, let, let's do Steelers at Cowboys. Um, cow- no, I'm kidding. Steelers. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I'm going to do – I think Steelers are winning. Now, the Steelers are giving 14 to the Cowboys, which is a lot. Uh, we don't even know who's playing quarterback for the Cowboys, but as a Steelers fan, I will tell you that that is the type of game that is always too close. So I think the Cowboys actually, with the points, I take them. Uh, Broncos are at the Falcons. The Falcons are giving them four. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. I think they need hmm. to stay alive in the playoff hunt. I think I want to take the Broncos too, which would mean I take the Broncos plus four. Um, I like I like Drew Locke a little bit, and I actually like their team a lot more than the Falcons. So yeah. Um, yeah, Bears are at the Titans. That's a big matchup, I guess, right? Two five-win teams. 
It is. It is. I'm going to take uh, the Titans here. I, I mm. trust. I, I trust Tannehill more than I trust Nick Foles. Uh, but I know, right? Are we going to see Trubisky soon? Uh, probably not. I don't. I, maybe that ship has sailed. But yeah, I didn't think he was playing that bad when he got benched. But I didn't think he was playing that bad either. Nick Foles is playing pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I think I. I think I'll take. But the Titans. There's something wrong with the Titans. There is. They got yeah. killed by the Bengals. But I think maybe this is a get back. This is a get back game. And if we're yeah. talking about their big issue being the secondary, I don't think Nick Foles is going to carve him up. So I'll go Titans. Um, I'll take the Bears plus six and a half, though. Uh, okay, Panthers are at the Chiefs. 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 So they're giving 11. I think that's too many, though. I'll take Panthers plus the points. Uh, Lions are at the Vikings. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings here. Yeah. I think, gonna, I think their offense is a little bit back on track, like just – you know, playing through Dalvin Cook and, and Kirk Cousins is not ruining it. So yeah. I'm going to take the Vikings here. I think they stay on a roll. I'm going to take the Vikings too. I think they do get a little bit hot. And I don't think that the Vikings are actually as bad as what we saw in the first six weeks. Uh, so if their record finishes more like eight and eight, I think that makes a lot more sense than four and 12 or five and 11. So they might, you know, uh, pull off a couple wins here to get closer to that. So that game's a pick them. So I'll take the Vikings. Uh, Giants are at the Washington football team. I'm going to take uh, Washington football team. I'm going to take Washington football team as well. They're giving two and a half. I'll, I'll take them giving the points. Uh, Texans are at the Jags. Uh, give me the Texans. Taking the Texans as well. I think the Jags are starting either Mike Glennon or somebody else, right? Like, it's not it was, good. I think it was some seven, six-round rookie that they had this year is, yeah. is who did nice. the start. So, so I'll take the uh, Texans at minus seven. I'll give all those points. Uh, Raiders are at the Chargers. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. The Chargers seem to find any way to lose games. Absolutely. Even as good as Justin Herbert is. Yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to find a way to lose. I don't care if they're winning in the in the first, second half, or, or wherever. They're going to lose. I'll take the Raiders. That game's a pick them. Uh, Dolphins at Cardinals. Sneakily a really big game for both teams. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins shot up my power rankings this week. Yeah. Um, but I am going to take the Cardinals. Um, I need to see a little more from Tua. The defense kind of. Uh, limited what he had to do. I didn't think he was bad, um, but he didn't have to do much to to for them to beat the Rams. I want to see what Tua is actually made of. So I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one. I'm going to take the Cardinals too. Dolphins won last week. It was a big win for Tua, but they had three defensive or special teams touchdowns. Yeah, uh, tough to repeat that. So I'll take the Cardinals and I'll lay the four and a half with that. Uh, and then the Monday night game is Patriots at Jets. What a great Monday night game that is. That is going to be a sneeze fest. <laughs> However, the Jets, I think, are trying to go 0-16, so I think they, they probably are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think I'll take the Patriots to win. Now, I will say this. The Jets are getting seven. I don't think the Patriots offense can blow anybody out. No. Uh, so I think I'd take the Jets plus seven there. Yeah, I, I would certainly take the spread there. I think I'm going to do that on my bookie AG. And as uh, a great transition there, Mr. Eli. Uh, the All In Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Make sure you head over MyBookie.ag to place your bets. When you deposit, use the promo code ALLINPOD, um, and you will get a 100% bonus, uh, and they'll know that we sent you. So make sure you do that. Um, MyBookie.ag, place your bets. It's a lot of fun. You can uh, you know pick along with the picks I had, and, and hopefully I make you money, or you can pick against all the picks I had, and you'll be a lot more likely to make money. So. Um, anything else, Coop? Um, yes, one more thing. 
We have an app now. We do. We did talk about this on the last episode, but we have an app now available on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. It's the best way to keep up with everything that's going on at the All In Network. Um, you can follow our social media feed. Uh, you can get quick, easy access to our website. That's actually what I use now to get to our website on my phone quickly. Um, and you can also listen to our podcast through there. Uh, the audio is available there. The rest of the podcast on the All In Network will be coming soon, so stay tuned. Should actually have an app update coming in the next few weeks uh, to kind of clean it up a little bit, so stay tuned. But make sure you download that on your smartphone or your tablet. Awesome. So make sure you download that app. Uh, make sure you are subscribing to this YouTube channel, uh, turning on the notification button so you know exactly when we are going live from now on. Uh, oh, last thing. Forgot to mention. Uh, Coop, you know we're playing each other in both of our fantasy leagues. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. I think we head- should have a little wager. Are we thinking a little wager? Well, I, I would say I would say we'd do the same as last time, but I don't know if you noticed. I, I am off of Twitter. I did notice. Yes, I'm I did off notice. of Twitter. I've been off of. Tw- I've been three weeks cl- uh, Twitter clean. Um, almost really messed up those words. Um, but I'm three weeks Twitter clean. Um, so we can't do that bit, but we'll think of yeah. something here, and we'll at least share with our listeners who won both of our matchups. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Head over to Apple or Spotify and download the episode as well. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. This was the All In Podcast. See you guys on Monday.